Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Off the Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Hello, welcome to it. Another weekly edition of Off the Bench. I'm Jason Matthews. Scotty Sattler in the studio with me. I tell you what, I am buggered. I have had hardly any sleep mm-hmm. between golf, crickets, the FIFA Women's World Cup. I haven't even scratched the surface with the swimming yet. I know, yeah. It kicks off what? We'll jump from the block Sunday. It's just... Yeah, the event started last night, but the official events start actually oh. Saturday night, Sunday, yeah. Scotty Sattler, how are you? I'm really good, Woogie, and also listeners. Yeah, it is. It's probably one of the biggest weekends of sport we've seen in quite a while. Outside of an Olympics. Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, the swimming, then you've got the Ashes, which you haven't touched on, um, and then you've got uh, the, the British Open, the Women's World Cup, the NRL, of course, keeps keeps pumping along. And then, you know how much I love my boxing. We've got an Australian that's fighting for in a world title eliminator, George Cambosis, tomorrow, or sorry, on Sunday as well. So, massive weekend, huge yeah, weekend. It is massive. And, um, you know, we just got to pray for rain at the ashes. That's what we need to make it a draw. Isn't it? Isn't it it's terrible that we're hoping that a draw will win us something. Well, retain us. Retain us, I should say. But there's also the fifth test. We could come out, maybe pick a selector, uh, but maybe pick a spinner. <laughs> that would be not. Maybe pick a selector. I don't mm. care. Put someone out there who can buy. I tell you what, you made a really good observation uh, off the air with the cricket, mm. and it was it was about uh, Green Cam Green. Yep. And what did you say exactly? Oh, I just you know what I, I look at Cam Green. Many are going to say that he'll eventually be our, our greatest all rounder of all time. I think he's been underwhelming in England, to be quite honest. Um, but in saying that, I look at his, his his whole constitution, the way that he holds himself. I know he's still young when it comes to being an international cricketer, but he doesn't exude confidence. He doesn't. Yeah. He, he looks like he's I don't know. He's not sure of himself. Uh, from all reports, he's not a an overly uh, extroverted person, which is fine. Which, yeah, it's okay. Which is yeah. absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah, um, many are talking about him being a potential leader. Um, I, I don't see those signs yet, and usually see those signs really early on. You could see it when, you know, when Ponting came into the Australian side, you knew that he was eventually going to be a leader outside of getting in fights in King's Cross outside the Bourbon of Beast Steak. With uh, transgender, <laughs> uh, transvestite. Well. Tra- yeah, transvestite. Yeah, yeah. so. Well, we've all made mistakes. Is that is that true? Was that what it was? I don't know. Yeah. I think it was a cross-dresser. Oh, I think that's okay. what it was, yes. Um, yeah, so... Allegedly. I know. I, I know, again, that the argument is he's only very early into his international career, but I think he's been, you know, he's been well entrenched in that Australian side now for a couple of years where he needs to... He needs to really be standing up and, and being a leader of that side or, or proving to people that he is a future leader. But at the moment, he's just... He's unconvincing with his batting. Mm. His fielding is outstanding for a six foot five, six foot oh, six man in the gully. Yeah, um, his bowling has been okay. Yeah, but he's not getting the wickets. No, he's not. 
He's not. And that's so. what we need. He's, he's the guy you throw the ball to yeah. when we're struggling to get a wicket. Like, here we go, mate. Try and get us. Just try and get us one, you know. Yeah. Snag us one. Bowl, you know, sharp, short and sharp spells of five overs and just try and uh, knock someone over. And, and I think the other thing he's got going against him, and I, and I said this um, to you and Rat on Tuesday, I just don't like two all-rounders in the one side. Mm. I think it leaves a skinny in batting and skinny in bowling. Um, it, it's just clear that Cummins and the selectors have no faith in Todd Murphy. And I think, I think that's unfair. I, he's by far, when Nathan Lyon's not playing shield cricket, Todd Murphy's our, by far our best shield bowler. And I thought he did a really good job in India. I well, thought he did an outstanding well, Nathan, job. Nathan Lyon is really our, our next chain worn in the sense that it doesn't matter what the pitch looks like. Yep. Just the aura of the bowler. He can hold up an end. Exactly. So by saying that Todd Murphy's not our next best to come into a you know bowling lineup is is more or less. If Nathan Lyon was fit, it doesn't matter what the pitch was like. He'd be in. He's be he's in. always selected. Yeah. But it's a little but, bit like Warren. It's just whatever but, the pitch was through up, he was always going to play. But mate, they like that on that second day, like Travis Head. They, they, he comes in the bowl and they've attacked him, the English batsman. I mean, like there was a reverse reverse sweep for six to start with. They attacked him like I attack a buffet. <laughs> it was relentless. <laughs> it's incredible. And, and this is the ashes. This is not T20 cricket or one-day cricket. This is the greatest cricket rivalry in the world. And we should have a, a full-time spinner in that side. Ian Smith unloaded on New Zealand Radio on SENZ saying, I can't believe it. But what does that say about the stocks of slow bowlers in Australia? I think we're in trouble. It once Nathan Lyon's not going to be there forever, obviously, but who's next? Well, we actually don't know because because, the, because the, quite, quite frankly, shield cricket is not really like what it used to be from a... Which is sad. From a spectator's point of view. Yeah, it is sad, but... Um, so we really don't know what comes through until they actually hit either mm. the big bash, which is not test match cricket, or they actually play their first test. Well, yeah, we pick cricketers now from big bash. Mm. We pick our test but players once upon from a big time, bash. I mean, I know that when I was a teenager and in my, you're in not my 20s. Do, you're not, oh, I was going to say. No, no. Do the nudgy. Oh, yeah, 101, not out, five for 26. <laughs> but um, but I, I remember, I could recall various bowlers, batters that were coming through the, sh- the shield range. We used to go to, we used to know when the shield was on. Yeah. Mm. We used to. Know, I used to love going to watch it because the players, even the Test players, played more Shield cricket. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but now with with T Twenty cricket around, they're they're cashing in, which you don't blame them. Mm. I mean, they're gonna if if you got the opportunity to go and earn a million bucks in six weeks in India or play Shield cricket. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're gonna go and play T Twenty cricket. I get, I get that, but the grassroots cricket. It's 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 not as healthy as it used to be, mate, and that's that's a bit of a worry moving forward. If Test cricket is still to remain the top of the tree, then we need to do something about trying to get uh, some better players coming through the system. Mm. Hey, Warriors head coach Andrew Webster, you and Rat caught up with him uh, earlier in the week on Great Sports guy. Day. Yeah, really, really nice guy, and you can understand why players enjoy this guy's company. Not only a really good coach technically, just has a a wonderful personality, and is really he's warm. And I've listened to some interviews with the Warriors players and there's, there's got to be a difference in their mindset. You've got to try and find out what the shift in the mindset with the Warriors players has been from years gone by because they haven't been as convincing, but this year they're a definite top four side with their run home and also the way they're playing. But I've listened to some interviews saying, what's the one thing when you think about Andrew Webster as a coach? 
that stands out for you as a player. He said he cares about his players. Yeah, right. So when your players are saying that, they feel loved. And the you hear that about all the great coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they tough but fair. Um, and he's also got a fair chance of getting a gig on radio on Sports Day. You and Rat, you're on your you're on notice. Mm. This guy's talented. Yeah. So when he wants to give up rugby league, yeah, give me a call, Webby. <laughs> I'll sort you out. Chris Nelson, racing Queensland as well. Uh, Mackay Cup this weekend, oh, so we'll have a chat a, to him about that. What a great day! And a massive uh, Saturday night, Albion Park with a massive harness racing. Uh, events as well. Now it's time for our running hot segment, except nothing less than Australia's best ream, um, the Tigers. Mm. Talked about this during the week. Um, h- how do they move ahead with the whole if you if you were the CEO of, of the West Tigers Sats, how would you move ahead given the the, the, f- the, f- the friction between Benji and Scott Fulton and all this sort of stuff? Say you get to start again, what would you do to fix some of that back office stuff at the Tigers? Well, there's, it's fair to say some of the concerns and the miscommunication at the Tigers is coming from chief executive level. So first so of Pasco. by Justin Pascoe, who is very, very good commercially. Now, I know we got a text message throughout the week. Someone said on our Sports Day show saying, yeah, but you don't win a Norman Pro, uh, a Summons Proven Trophy, Grand Final Trophy, for being good commercially. Yeah. Go a long way to make sure you can be sustainable from a business model perspective. Um, but some of the decisions that have been made, or the miscommunication, I should say, is is around the, the CEO um, and the the recruitment of Scott Fulton from Manly. Now he is the head recruitment manager. From all reports, Benji and Tim Sheens were not consulted which is concerning as well, that a person that's going to make decisions on your rugby league team. There's a great NFL coach called Bill Parcells, coached a few teams in the NFL throughout, throughout the, um, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s. And he used to always have a really good saying, if I'm cooking the meal, I want to pick the ingredients. Yeah, fair call. So the coach has to have some sort of say in, in not the entire say, but it has to, have, it has to be part of a conversation around Who's going to be their recruitment manager? Now, the coaches come and go. We know that. But he's still got to be comfortable with the with the appointment and have a really good open line of communication with that person. That's not happening because the decision was made without the consultation or any consultation with, with the football department. Now, because there is that, that wedge there at the moment, there's a barrier that sits in between the, the rugby league department and the upper management. And I suppose the... The common denominator there is the appointment of Scott Fulton. Now, it's easy to say, yeah, but he's doing his job because he's just got the Fainu brothers over from Manly, who are really good signings, mind you. But it'll come down to how much did they sign them for with the salary cap for two untried, untested NRL players. Only one of them's played a couple of NRL games, the, the bigger brother, Samuela. So time will tell whether those appointments are the right ones. I think they are the right appointments. So you sound hypocritical when you say when you criticise Scott Fulton, but because of the because of the the way that he has come into the club, there needs to be a serious discussion, Jace, around po- possibly exiting Scott Fulton out of the situation now, and, and and maybe saying, "Hey, Scott, we brought you into the club on some false pretenses. We didn't go about it the right way." We can't get you and Benji to a table. You aren't going to have an open line of communication. So it's probably best that you're last man in, first man out. And let's get around a table as a CEO, as a recruitment 
possible recruitment managers and the football department. Let's all talk about it together and let's get that effective communication and let's decide on a person for that role together as opposed to one person making that decision. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a big call and it's a harsh call, but I think it's the only way forward for the rugby league department and the upper executive uh, committee to be able to get back on level talking terms again. Now, yeah, the Fainu brothers have gone to West Tigers, and yes, they do have a relationship with Scott Fulton. But they've also got a really good relationship with a guy that's involved at the club there called Wayne Lampkin, who's been a coach for many years. He's a teacher at um, Westfield Boys High as well. They've got a good relationship with him as well. So there's a number of reasons why they're going there, as well as being paid really handsomely for two players that have never been tried and tested at NRL level yet. Yeah. So to answer your question... I think the the harsh decision needs to be is that the common denominator here is that Scott Fulton is the the barrier that is and the decision that is stopping everyone from having effective communication. Maybe we've got to take him out of the equation and get back to the table and talk together about who is okay. that recruitment manager. One massive question here for you, which it, this this is where it doesn't smell right to me. Yep. Is Tim Sheens is not only the head coach, a very experienced rugby league coach, and he's been around football all, all his life. Mm. He is also still the general manager of football. How the hell does a club appoint someone to be the recruitment manager without the general manager of football signing off on it yeah, or absolutely. being a part? And and again, it, it all goes back to that to to the CEO of the club. That's that's an embarrassment, and that is disrespectful to a man like Tim Sheens. Even if he wasn't the general manager of football, mm. let's say he wasn't, you would think that my expertise is the commercial side of the business. I've got one of the great brains in rugby league sitting here, a uh, senior member of staff. I'm just going to ask him what he thinks. Yeah. I think they didn't include them in the decision for two reasons. One, maybe they think that Tim and Benji won't be there long term. Well, that's well, they're there for the next five years. I get it, yeah. But maybe they're thinking, and I don't think that's true. I think they're they're – comfortable with their position. That's, that's rubbish. Next. So the next one is um, I feel as though that they didn't want to have the conversation because they're not going to like the debate that's going to come back. So let's avoid the confrontation. Let's make the decision and let's let's have those conversations later when the person's already in the role. And that's not the right way to go about it. So you're making decisions based on what could happen. It's stupid. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I I, I don't know how this is how this has happened. Someone has been able to bluff someone, yeah, and with the appointment. Uh, it's it's just wrong. What do you think? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. It's the club that just keeps on giving the West Tigers. And I, I hate it because I, I don't like their what their how their rugby league department looks at the moment because there are some appointments that need to be made there. And what I would suggest is getting an independent in independent person to come in and conduct. A, Full review of Haven't their they done league. that, though? No. To yeah. conduct a full report on their entire rugby league department. And until they can get some of those answers, that some of those answers they're not going to like, but they need the brutal truth in front of them. Except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Let's have a look at uh, Saturday games. Optimise your canola with the new Optimum GLY hybrids from Pioneer Seeds. Yeah, uh, NRLW. Kicks off a massive day of footy at Seabus yeah. Super Stadium. The girls uh, are hosting 
the Cowboys, which I've got an issue with, at 12.50, and then the men at 3 o'clock, Tino out, Teddy in. But um, I, I still can't understand why I, the NRLW North Queensland team is called the Cowboys. Because they're representing a, a club. Yeah, but shouldn't they call them the Cowgirls? Or is this that whole gender rubbish that we're talking about? It doesn't matter. You can be a cowboy. No, because if you said to one of the NRLW players. Yes, you're a cowboy. The NRLW next year, who are you going to play for? They'll go, we're playing for the Cowboys. Because that's the club they either support or that's a club that they're contracted to. So, I don't like it. They should be contracted to North Queensland. Mm-hmm. And they have two teams, the Cowboys. Or it could be the Cowboys, you know, Inc. And off that. You play represent the cowgirls. This would be confusing young children. Okay, well, once upon a time, the is this a like is this like a no a nursery? The run? cowboys used to have a team in the Queensland Cup called the Young Guns because they they're younger players. Right, gotcha. So they'd say uh, that's a that's that's a, a we play for the Young Guns, a branch of the Cowboys. The cowboys Young Guns. That's right. Mm. It's like the Roosters. Their NRL team, the NRLW team, are should roosters be called, or male? Are they? Yeah, so they should be called the Hens. <laughs> Or the chickens. Or the chickens. <laughs> the chickettes. Or the, <laughs> the nuggets. What are the little what are the little tiny chickens? The one the little tiny ones have got little furry yeah. feet. Um, um spur, no cockspur. No spur cock. No, what are they called? They're uh, shuttlecock. No, there's something <laughs> cock. I can't remember. What? They are. Oh. Daddy or no, he's the smart one here. But I am telling you, why aren't they the nuggets? Here come the NRL Eastern Suburbs Nuggets. I would love that. I'm and the forward, and the forward pack is a six pack of nuggets. Like you see what I'm doing here? I'm googling small furry chickens. It's a it's not a shuttlecock, it's something else. Anyway, it's it's small furry chickens. <laughs> Careful, that might go back to uh, HR. So the Titans are hosting the Chooks uh 3 o'clock. I don't like spatchcock. Or Bantam chickens. That's the one I was thinking of, the yeah, Bantam. I, I don't like spatchcock. Yeah. It's ti- little tiny bones with a little bit of meat on it. Give me a whole chicken from Woolies. <laughs> now, listen, um, I, I, don't think, um, I, don't, I don't think the Titans have been respecting this game. Can you focus? I am. I, they're, they're the outsiders in this game. I, you would not support the Roosters the way they're playing this no, year. No, I, I could see why they're the, the outsiders. Only by a fraction because no Tino – I think is a huge out. And James Tedesco rested last week. And although they are beaten comprehensively by Melbourne, um, I think the Roosters, everyone just expects the Roosters to to wake up one day. They're just that side. But uh, I think with Brandon Smith back now, mm. James Tedesco playing this week, yeah, I can see why they should be the favourites. Yeah, I, I, can, I think the Titans have been very unlucky. They've been cruelled by referee decisions over the last two weeks in games that they, they actually could have won. Quickly, Knights play the Storm at McDonald Jones Stadium, Newcastle. What Knights team will turn up, do you think? Don't know. Don't know. But Storm the, should absolutely punish them. Well, the, the Storm at this time of year, they, they find something extra. They always have. Final game of Saturday. Isn't this a ripper? The Cowboys, mm. not the Cowgirls. They, they could be in the top eight. Yeah. If they win over the injured, depleted Eels in Townsville. This is a massive game. Huge. Well, of course, the Eels don't have Mike Acevo and Regan Campbell-Gillard. But they're sitting seventh at the moment, the Eels, and the Eels are on 24 points. Uh, they've got a good four and against. They're on 97 uh, four and against. And the Cowboys are sitting on t- 24 points also. Yes, yeah, so you're right. If the Cowboys win, they jump in uh, based purely on 
competition points. Let's not forget points. what the Eels did to the Cowboys in the prelim final up there last year. Mm. Yeah. So going to Townsville doesn't worry them. No, it doesn't. But and a get, fast track as well suits the Eels. When you don't have a recognised try scorer like Mike Acevo, you and also your man that sets a platform as well with Regan Campbell-Gillard. I, I can see why the Cowboys should be the favourites. All right, there your Saturday games. Optimise your cropping rotation with new Optimum GLY herbicide tolerance trait canola hybrids from Pioneer Seeds. Great to have them on board. Uh, Dragons and Tigers review. The other side of the break. This is Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Whoever runs the little and also Frankie Molo in assistance there was Billy Burns. And the former Panther gets away from the tackle. 22 metres out, Tigers. No score for mate. Tigers and the Dragons. Lane Laurie puts it out the back. Tommy Talao. It's messy. It won't matter because Junior Tupu. He gets past them and Junior Tupu scores the first try of the evening. I tell you what, they practice perfection at training, but sometimes when things get a little bit light on Messi, it leads to points, and that's exactly what they've done. Ten gone in the first half. West Tigers four kick to come. Dragons nil. Trailing four points to nil. They go left. Hunt. Goes away now to Amone, double pumps, and gets away from Bateman. Oh, great oh, ball. What a ball. What a beautiful pass. It came back inside, and Tyrrell Sloan pops up, scores the try, Dragons for all with the Tigers, but they're about to take the lead, six points to four. Half a set still to go. Ball goes back from Amone to Little. Sloan, now to uh, Michael Molo, crossfield kick, looking for Lomax. Lomax scores the try. And the Dragons make it 10 points to four with the kick to come. 18 gone in the first half. But he's trapped only five metres out from the goal line. Coruscant, they sweep back to the right-hand side. Set play. Seafarth! Seafarth almost got there. It was a nice set play where Coruscant and Laurie ripped around, but he went himself. Here's Coruscant. Back to Laurie. He fights to Lau. Junior Tupu! He's got two, Junior. He's got two, and the Tigers are back. 12 points to eight with a kick to come. Seven remaining in the first half. Here they come. Turpo looking for three. Puts the kick back in field. Will it sit up for Abby Corusau? Yes, it will. Tigers about to take the lead. Little over the right-hand side. Amone scanning. He looked likely, but he can't get through. Wrapped up by Twal and Stefano. And also down below was Talon De Silva. Five metres out, the Dragons. Right-hand side. Hunt away to Sloan. Now they get it to Lomax. Lomax got away from one. Got away from another one. Lomax still going. Flicked it out the oh, back. Oh, you man! Oh, you got it! He scores the try in the corner. Oh, McKayley, what a brilliant pass from Zach Lomax. A brilliant pass. Sloan's got the ball, runs it over the touchline. The Stepwater touchline, and the Dragons get a victory. They sure do. Disappointing crowds uh, in Wollongong on on the on that Cold, Thursday night game, windy, yeah. yeah, and also, I mean, where the team sits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't. Listen, it wasn't the greatest of standards of game, but told you. I've got to say, those games where there's 16th versus 17th, it always goes down to the wire for some reason, and this one did as well. There's only one try scored in the second half. Abby Corrissau scored an amazing try from off Junior Tupu kick, right on the stroke of half time, and I thought. That's going to be enough to go on with it. Yeah, you strike a blow before half time. It really knocks your confidence around when you go in uh, in the sheds behind. But to their credit, 
it was just some individual brilliance. And he played really well was Zach Lomax. Played yeah. really well. He came up with this around-the-corner flick pass, Matt Gidley-like, around a Makili Rabalawa, who, who actually played with, with injury as well, a sore knee, and he scored in the 63rd minute. And that was the only try in the second half. So it took some individual brilliance to beat the Tigers. Tigers just look, they've got no direction. I mean, Brandon Wakeham in the halves tries really hard. He just doesn't have the direction and that, that real zip in his game to, to threaten the opposition. So Tim Sheen's got into him after the game. The West Tigers? Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, th- that was there for the taking, that game. Yeah. Mm. And maybe they need that. I, t- I don't know, mate. It's they, If they were going to win a game, it was last night. Yeah, I know. To put all the rubbish of the week behind them, yep. show the rugby league world. Yeah, I know they haven't got their halves. Happy so- re-signing with re-signing, the club. yep. I know their halves weren't there, but I just who's your chance to go, you know what? Let's let's this season's over. Let's start putting some pride back into the jersey. Let's do it for our fans. Well, then they're five eighth Dane Laurie, who's usually a, in the fullback, fullback position. He did play in the halves growing up. He was actually one of the best players. On yeah, the field. he was. But you know, he, yeah, Brandon Wakeham sort of just got lost at times. Doreen Buller tried his his hardest, the young player, but they they shut him down a fair bit. Um, so if the Bulldogs can get on a run and jag a couple, the po- West. The West Tigers yep. are going to win their second, possible yeah. to win their second I know. wooden spoon in, in a row. There are only two losses off the bottom. Talon De Silva, this young, this 18-year-old that came on, he's a reserve hooker. He's their future hooker after Appy. He's got the most amazing eyebrows I've ever seen. Yeah, but that doesn't win you games. Mm. It does get you in a maybe if they ever <laughs> brought back the men of league, rugby league calendar. You may get into that. Yeah, so very disappointing. Can, can can I focus on the winners, the Dragons? Yep. Uh, can the fans be optimistic about what may be happening next year under Flanagan? Well, he, you know, whether you agree or disagree with Shane Flanagan as the appointment, one thing you will get is brutal honesty and some raw truth, which is what they need. Because I think over the years, the Dragons – have have had a really soft mentality, and which surprises me because their coach Anthony Griffin is a tough man, and maybe you know, have I shouldn't say maybe we have got athletes now that don't like that a lot of that hard approach. You've got to have a really good balance between being really tough and also being very empathetic towards your players as well. So uh, Shane Flanagan, from all reports, has got a lot of that, and he'll make some real real hard decisions. And now it comes down to from what I've heard, he's actually a very good recruiter. So the biggest the biggest job for Shane Flanagan is going to be to recruit some some real key forwards. I think that's what they need. They need some key forwards because they've they've got exciting backs. They've got Ben Hunt leading them if he stays. Talatai Moan, who's I'm not entirely convinced about at the moment. I think he needs to play with more speed. They've got a good try scoring big yeah. winner in Ravalawa. They've got a skillful centre in Zach Lomax. They've got a, a an exciting fullback in Tyrell Sloan. They've got young Jaden Sullivan, Jaden Sewer. They need a they need a really good front rower. I'm going to call it now. I think they will be the wooden spooners. They are two losses behind the Bulldogs. The West Tigers? Yeah, in yeah, 16th I, I, spot. I think we can call it now. You're going to call it? Yeah, I'm going to call it now. I think they're, ladies and gentlemen, 2023 wooden spooners, the West Tigers, and that's a disgrace. Yeah. That's an absolute disgrace for that entire club. And I'm talking from the top down, including coaching department. Mm. To put out that rubbish week in, week out is a disgrace. West Tigers fans... I, and 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 commercial partners, I feel sorry for them. 
Why do you just keep fronting up and supporting a team? Because I love rugby league. Yeah, but they're hopeless off the field. And ho- well, go and find a team that wins. Jump, you come, can't just jump come over teams. to South. We'll take you. You can't just jump teams like you did. You just all of a sudden said, "I'm going to support go to rugby league last year." Andrew Webster, the, team that's the won Warriors coach. I did not. The Warriors coach joins us next. This is off the bench. Welcome back. This is off the bench NRL. Johnson shot for a current, love the timing. The offload was at Jim. This Johnson, beautiful stuff from Paul Johnson. Oh, yes, and Dallin. We've been waiting for that. You must get excited about what you're seeing down there. Oh, absolutely. And the crowd is just getting right in behind the Warriors and the classy show that they are putting on there. And the 2023 resurgence season just rolls on for the Warriors who win this game by 44. Points to yeah, they're sitting fifth on the NRL ladder at present with a bullet and have plenty of NRL clubs looking over their shoulder at the moment. Mm. It's got a lot to do with this man along with the, the very good playing group that he's got and also the front office that they've put together, the New Zealand Warriors. That man is Andrew Webster. Join us on Sports Day. How are you, Webby? Good, thank you. Now, before we get into rugby league talk, we're going to put you through a little <laughs> test, okay? Now, we know you've spent time at the club before as an assistant, so you just, <laughs> you just need to finish these sentences, Okay. I'm going to a barbecue. Oh. I put my cold beers in a chilly bed. <laughs> okay. When it's cold in bed, I pull my over me to make me warm. Oh, uh, no, no, I don't. Do no, I don't know. Duvet. I Duvet. Yeah. Duvet. Okay. When Duvet. you're at a club, right. when you're at a club and a good song comes on, people go on the what floor? On the D floor? The dance, not the dance, dance it's floor. Dance the floor. dance Yeah. The okay, if, if yeah. it's hot and I don't want to wear my shoes with my boardies, I'll just wear what on my feet? My? <laughs> my um, genitals. Genitals, yes. yes. Yeah, great work, great yeah. work. Uh, I've got one for you, boys. Okay. <laughs> Another word for a really big veranda. A uh, really big veranda. A patio? Think in New Zealand, right? Oh, what, yeah. what is a big, big wooden thing out the back of your house? And you a dick. <laughs> 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 Mate, that one's scary. Right now, that one gets you in trouble. Oh, great stuff, great stuff. Now, I know you've still got uh, the business end of the season uh, coming up and there's still so much going on with the ladder, uh, Webby. So, But first and foremost, the crowds, you just must be ecstatic. Uh, how the the New Zealand public have just welcomed this team back into the country after COVID. Yeah, I think I think um, the whole nation being proud of the Warriors um, is just you know, probably the the thing we're, we're probably happiest with at the moment. I mean, the results um, help that. I know that, but the the support and even when we've lost, I think they've just been um, happy with how hard we've competed and. They're just turning up. I mean, there was a dead set monsoon here two weeks ago against the Rabbits, and um, they sat in it. Um, 24,000 people were there, and um, no one left. And it was just really proud, even though we didn't get the result from that night. Just just the amount of people um, that are so interested in rugby league here at the moment. They're just so passionate about the, about their team being home. So, yeah, really lucky to have such a such cool fans. Yeah, they're, they're certainly into it. They're, they're great to watch the fans. They they go mad. But mate, I, I heard you say. I heard you say. Um, you said the Warriors know their identity now. Now you co- you've coached against them in the past with the Panthers. 
How would you have described them in the past compared to how you see them now? Well, I, I think I think that's probably changed over a different time. And, and I hate being looking over the fence when I'm in someone else's backyard and trying to describe them. I mean, for, for us, when, when I, I was doing the attack against them last year, I, I felt like when Stacey took over last year, there was a real improvement in effort. Yep. But execution probably wasn't that great. So if I'm looking at from a tactical point of last year, um, we played them twice on the run home um, when Stacey was the coach, and I thought he really improved them. Uh, you know, he didn't get a chance to have a pre-season with them, but I thought their effort went through the roof. Um, and I, I think our identity now is the fact that um, we've got a really good style of football. If um, We can pull defences apart. We can play what's in front of us. Um, if we see opportunity, we want to take it. But we we want to earn everything first. I think that's the that's the difference. Our identity is um, we don't want to do it the cheap way or finesse or flair. We want to want to work hard first, grind a team, and then when the opportunities come, we we get we get the fruits off the back of it. But it all comes from hard work first. So yeah. I think our identity to us is really clear. And uh, yeah, and it wasn't wasn't so much. I'm not. We're obviously winning games, so I'm not saying our identity now is better than what it's been in the past. I'm just saying we we know exactly what, how we want to do it. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. So, mate, obviously winning it's it's a it's a great motivator. It builds confidence. Um, but then at some point you got to transfer transfer that winning that belief into sort of you know can we win the comp? Are, are, are you there yet for 2023? Do you dare to dream that you, you, you're building the players up to that point? Because I mean, I tell you from the outside looking in, you can beat anyone. Yeah, no, we from day one, I said to the boys, look, you probably don't believe it right now, but our job as coaches and your job as players is we all buy in, uh, we do enough reps, we uh, we work hard, and at some stage you're going to go, oh, hang on, I think we can do this. So from day one, we our plan and our goal was to win the competition. And to be fair, I think I think every team in the NRL has got that. I said to the boys, at some stage... Um, you know, through through the way we play and the way we train, we'll get that confidence that we think we can do do it. Um, I think our group at the moment, we we don't think we we're good enough to win the competition right now, but we're more than good enough if we keep working hard we, we, and keep improving over the next six weeks that we can. So we believe we can, but we don't believe our game's right there right now. Yeah, there's always a turning point, isn't yeah, there? there is. You can pinpoint during a season. Mm. It's either a game or or an effort. I, I tell you, the game on the weekend was probably one. Of, it's getting close because yeah. they, they put the ringer through the shark. Is there a player, Webby, that um, that off the field uh, that has really helped you and your coaching team where they've really helped drive your message across to the playing group, which is really important. When you've got your back turned, you need a player or a couple of players just driving that same message. Um Oh, mate, like, I think my relationship with Toy Harris as captain has been um, has been really enjoyable. I think feel like we've so, got the same values. We're on the same page. Um, we both know, know what what we think it looks like to to, to help the team win. Um, so I think he's been one of those factors. And and Toy is not exactly like very loud and vocal, but when he talks, they listen. And that's obviously a great sign of leadership, mate. I, I could list five or six of them, but we, we actually didn't go with the leadership group this year. We decided that everyone was going to have the opportunity to lead, and let's see if, it, instead of pigeonholing people, and let's see the blokes who really do want to lead, and I feel like that's been, I'm, I'm not used to that, and 
I feel like guys like Mitch Barnett, um, Adam Fenor Blake, um, Dylan Walker, Wade Egan, um, Chance, our fullback, he's just he's a leader of our defence. The way he talks and communicates, uh, mate. The list goes on. Like uh, the, the buy-in from day one, and then you got your halfback, and I think he's been playing unbelievable football. Sean Johnson, like he, his leadership and driving messages is is unbelievable. He, he drives our plan every week. So um, yeah, I, I think we're really lucky that leadership's a lot stronger um, at our club than what what people probably. I've got to say, that is so refreshing to hear that you don't have a leadership group per se because I've always found just the leaders that emerge. Yeah, yeah you, don't you, can't, to, you can't give leadership. You don't have to give them a title. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're the attacking coach at the Panthers, yeah. obviously you know, they're, they're a brutal machine when it came to their attack and the Panthers were a brutal machine and are a brutal machine defensively as well. So as the attacking coach, you would have identified the attributes that make up a great defensive unit. So... What was one attribute you can touch on that you identified at Penrith that you've tried to become as part of the mindset at New Zealand defensively? Uh, well, first of all, I think Penrith attack with their defence. Yep. Um, so, like, you can see the amount of times teams have not even got out of their own 30. Um, if you counted the amount of times they've done that over the last three or four years, it'd be huge, you know, and that... The pressure just builds up on the opposition. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to attack with our defence, and I don't think we're quite there with that yet. Um, and the other one is just how reliable their defence is. So if things aren't going their way, they can rely on um, that they can withstand and absorb pressure for long periods of time. Um, we've done quite well on our trial run this year. Mm. That's been a factor that we've really improved on. Um, yeah, and I think fast moving, like, I can't believe how fast Penrith line speed moves, and then when the ball goes laterally, how fast they can get to the ball, and then once that tackle's made, how fast they get back, and then go again. And the ball, if the ball moves to the other side of the field, they'd all move towards it really fast again. So um, they're probably the three that I would identify the most. Mm. Yeah, good, good attributes. There's a new oh, stat yeah. going around called pre-contact meters. Is that right? Post, yeah. When <laughs> you get to them before they get contact. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. So, so I, I've got to ask you, Webby, like, uh, Kelly Gibbons, a.k.a. Roger Chewy-Varsashek, or Aaron Woods look-alike, as uh, he famously downs a Chewy <laughs> in front of your coach's box in home games. Um, I've got to ask you, is there any chance we'll ever see you out there having a Chewy with him if you've got a comfortable lead in a game? Mate, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't think I'd be setting the greatest example. I'll do a shoey for everyone uh, shared after the game, but I'll, <laughs> I won't be doing it out in the coach's box. If we're, if we're lucky enough to win the grand final, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do as many shoeys as anyone wants to do. So. <laughs> nice one. Nice one, mate. The other thing, yeah. mate, mate, we've been tipped off by your CEO, Cameron George. He, he reckons now that your oh, profile has gone up, and, you know, you're in the press and everyone's talking about you in New Zealand. He reckons you're going to get a haircut every week. Is this true? Mate, you know what? You know what? This is just je- pure jealousy, you know? Uh, he's got zero hair. And if he does grow it, he looks like George Costanza. So, so but, but I must say, on game day, the gel has gone to a new level this year. I must admit that. And I constantly get messages from my mates who just put that much crap on me about how good their hair's looking. But uh, no, he's wrong there, mate. He's yeah, wrong. No haircuts there, nice. Uh, well, well, mate, you are looking sharp in the box every week, mate. And congratulations on 
the way the Warriors are going. They are uh, fantastic to watch. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And the Thanks, battle, guys. No, we appreciate. It. The battle continues, mate. This week, obviously, Friday night, six p.m. You go against the Raiders at Go Meter Stadium in Auckland. You got a great run home, Andrew Webster. But to date, it's been really impressive to see the way the New Zealand Warriors are going, and you deserve it because you're you're a good man, you're a good rugby league man. So. Thanks for taking time out and joining us on Sports Day. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the support. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. As always, Sats, busy weekend again for racing in Queensland. A big harness race on tomorrow night, or Saturday night, I should say, at Albion Park. And, of course, the Mackay Cup, Chris Nelson. Yes, uh, good evening, Jace. Good evening, Sats. Uh, big weekend, as you mentioned. Yes, Saturday night we have the Blacks of Fake, which is the big Group 1 race at Albion Park where uh, the superstar pacer Leap to Fame will be looking to uh, win once again. He's very, very dominant, this horse. I'd like to own a share in him, but he's the highlight there at uh, Albion Park on Saturday night. And as you also mentioned, Jace, the Mackay Cup. be a massive day at Mackay. be a sold-out crowd. It'll be huge. I think Sats has been there for a Mackay oh, Cup. Would I be yeah, right? I have. What's I've the heard. pub there? What's the, what's the go-to? I had, a great, I had a great night there one night. Just one? At the Mackay Cup. Oh, after it was really interesting. Uh, the commercial, there's a commercial there, which is, I think, I think it had CC and dry and tap, and I didn't move from there. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay. Well, you only need two, and you're everybody's, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Mackay Cup, if you've never been, make sure you, you get to one of the. It's uh, in Mackay. The great regional it is. race days. Um, and, Nelso, what is happening this week? What am I putting my money on? And you gamble responsibly, win some, lose more. Thank you. Okay. Well,. Uh, let's have a crack at Mackay. Let's go to the Mackay Cup. I've got one. The favourite, I think, will be hard to beat. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that's Namazoo. But I also think there's one there at big odds, the Driller, number 10. So work around those two. Number one, Namazoo, and number 10, the Driller, who I said is big, big odds. So if you go with those two at Mackay, we'll be going okay. Now, racing, other racing around Any Queensland. Any boom? Any boom horses? Mm. Not going around at Mackay, Jace. No, no, anywhere. And, anywhere uh, in Queensland. I'll take any boom, actually, anywhere. Actually, yeah. no, there's not. I'm thinking of <laughs> one, but it's great. not running this <laughs> weekend. <laughs> right, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now, racing over the weekend, of course, is also on the poly track on the Gold Coast. Uh, Doombin's our main meeting in town, and we race at the, in Toowoomba, or at Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone, then back to the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. So that's racing over the weekend. As for some tips, here we go. Race six, number seven at Doombin, Vodka Martini. You weren't drinking those also at uh, on the Kai Cup night. Yeah, not sex. a fan of the Negative. Vodka Martini. <laughs> Good, yes. Okay. And race nine, number nine, the very nicely named Release the Beans, I think, what? can uh, run well too. So. Wow. <laughs> Release the beans. Wow. Race nine, number nine. Okay, beautiful. Queenslanders racing. The action continues this week. Across the Sunshine State, visit racingqueensland.com.au. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Nelson. Thanks, guys. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon.